Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 123. Today is May 13th, Thursday. I thought it was Friday, and I thought briefly it was Friday the 13th, so I was getting a little nervous. I was going to have to push the episode to tomorrow. I'm one of those very superstitious. I'm not superstitious, I'm a little stitious, Chandler. But today you got just... That. I'm a big office guy, too, as you can tell. Oh, it's not queued up. But that's, that's what okay. she said. <laughs> today, you, today it's just me and Chandler. Uh, some might say the founding fathers, others might say not because Chandler joined late, but yeah, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'll take it. No, but how you doing Chandler? Uh, I'm doing okay. I fell asleep before it became nine zero and I woke up right as it ended. So I'm okay with that. I'm taking this as a four zero loss in seven nine zero one. Cause that's all I saw. You're only awake for that long. Exactly. So in my eyes, that's all that happened. And the rest of the unraveling, you know, that's neither here nor there. I mean, we still did take the series. We uh, did. Today I'm... just felt not fun. Today felt like a regular raise, loss, just not a fun time. You know, I, I mean, not many good things to take away from this, so we're probably not going to talk much about it. Probably going to talk mainly about the two good games that we did have. One thing I did notice that even though I am going to probably talk a lot of a lot of good things on this podcast we only had four runs, and I didn't realize that throughout the entire series. Five now, including the single run we scored in this game. But four runs, not going to cut it. Wouldn't cut it for many teams, but it turns out that our pitching is just the best. So that is the only reason that's we're the only reason why we're staying afloat is because we're able to, you know, give up nothing, and we have one of the best pitchers, if not. Add, we're going to get into Jacob DeGrom versus Garrett Cole debate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on a brave face. I'm going to do it for the Yankee fans. A lot of Yankee fans, I don't want to diverge too much. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But a lot of Yankee fans will just say, just to completely dismiss it right away. Like, no, he's absolutely better. And DeGrom has been better for the past two years. I'm talking about this year. Not going to get into that too much right now. Want to get into rounding, not rounding third, hot or not. Well, I got a... I got one negative, one positive about this series real quick. Just kind of what you were talking about. Um, my negative today, that lineup, when it came out, I literally, the minute I saw it, I texted, I don't even know if it, I texted you too, but I texted one of my friends and said, I mean, if I wasn't a Yankees fan, I'm taking the raise at plus money because this lineup is fucking atrocious. I don't know why we're still doing the shit where Luke needs a day off. He's been back for two days. He presumably should be okay to go three, whatever. And then you mix well, in Mike three. Ford. Huh? He Luke went three Boyd? games. I thought it was three games. No, he played two. Two games, you're right. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he needs the off day. And then you bring in Mike Ford, who can't fucking hit to save his life, and all this other shit. I was just like, uh, I don't like it. I don't love and it. Andrew Hart comes uh, back. Uh, easy. I'm a big Andrew Hart fan. But either way, you see that line, you're like, what the fuck? But positive. Didn't um, get a hit, by the way, Andrew Hart. Yeah, he hit it hard, though. It's fine. Um, positive it seems to me that we're finding ways to win games rather than lose games i mean no shit like you can look at the wins and losses but earlier in the year it felt like any close game is inevitable we were gonna lose we were gonna find a way to boot something like the garrett cole one zero at the beginning of the year that's a three one loss now it's a one zero win so we're finding ways to win rather than ways to blow it and i'm okay with that obviously it's not a recipe to 
be the most successful team ever, but it's it's a step in the right direction. So there's my one positive takeaway for scoring four runs. On to more positives. You want to start hot or not? Obviously, you're going to do both of them this time because you're just everybody ditched. You're on a date, kind of nervous. So let's do hot or not. Hot or not is presented by Action Network. Action Network's a fun app. You can track your bets. We like betting. So do you track your bets? Make sure you're responsibly gambling and tracking them, so you know what you're good and bad at. Follow us. I'm at the 161, not the 161. At 161, Luke. I hit some. Nope, I missed all my bets today, but I was doing well. Last night, I actually put a bet in. I didn't realize you could do this on Action Network where you can actually put in um, just prop bets and live prop bets. So yet last last night in the game where Judge, I think it was his third at-bat, I took him to get a hit, and it was, it was runners-on. Because he – I've been doing the book actually recently. Been doing the book, like marking it, the scorebook. Oh, like, you've been – why? just keeps me more engaged, and I like it. Just, I don't like being on my phone when I'm watching. Dude, I, I'm too scarred from all my... I mean, you were asleep for half the game, so you clearly weren't during the book. But I was doing the book, and I noticed in the game yesterday that Judge was making contact, just getting unlucky, getting hits, yeah. but making contact on even the other ones that he didn't get hits on. So I was like, ah, oh, I'll take a live bet. He's seeing the ball today because I'm, I'm noticing that he's hitting the ball. Took a live bet, put it in Action Network, put eight units on it, cashed Jesus. out. That mean, Did that it again with Voight for the next one? You're, missed. You're skewing your book for the people, but or your action by putting eight units on it, but... Well, that's what I put on it. Hot or Not, presented by Action Network. First on our list for the Hots, Chandler. Obvious. This was obvious. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole for the season, 1-3-7 ERA. Fourth among starters with a minimum 30 innings pitched. The two of them have thrown no hitters that he's behind in terms of the ERA. Carlos Verdon, DeGrom means. I'll get into that later. 78 strikeouts, second in the MLB behind Bieber. 2.8 2.8 war, first in MLB among everybody. That's among Cole. That's above, excuse me, above DeGrom, above Trout. 1.1 FIP, second in MLB. 26K to walk ratio. 56 strikeouts since his last walk tied MLB record. MLB most games in a season with 12Ks plus zero runs, zero walks. He has three this season. The only other people to do it for three were Pedro in 2000 and Sandy Koufax for 1965. Wow, that was a long one, but it needed to be said. More on that later. Obviously, you're buying that, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's even a question. That's what you, you don't pay somebody $324 million to not buy that. He's underpaid. Yankees rotation since April 22nd. Stat courtesy of Andrew from Bronx Pinstripes. Since the start of the Cleveland series, we have led the MLB in innings pitched, led the MLB in FIP, led the MLB in WAR, led the ER, led second in ERA, second in strikeouts, lowest WHIP. You buying the Yankees starting rotation to keep this up? No. Hard buy? I mean, hard sell? Hard sell. Aaron Hicks, 303 batting average, 415 OBP, 150 weighted runs created, plus six walks, ten for the last 33. Uh, I'm gonna sell that. I don't. I don't think he's gonna keep that up. Honorable mentions: We have Judge, who, as of tonight, is now six for his last eleven. That's coming back from two for his last twenty-four. Before that, bringing his batting average up to about two seventy. I haven't looked at the updated one, but that was from two forty. So honorable mention to him, and honorable mention to Monty. One start, but, you know, good start for him. Six innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts. 
I love I see Monty. That is fine. I he's doing exactly what. If you looked at the beginning of the year to anything we've ever said about him, it's the exact same thing. And he's living up to exactly that. I don't expect him to be Garrett Cole, but I don't expect him to be bad. I think he's going to be average, average, and then toss in one good start because look at all of his other metrics. He has like the third softest contact in the league, but you know he's still just not the Cy Young caliber pitcher which is fine he does exactly what you want and he comes out and turns in a star like that i i mean i buy that he's exactly what you want him to be well he was an honorable mention i didn't put him on the list yet because it was only oh, yeah. one start but you know then he's again. a i mean he deserves some credit though I, he's he's a guy when he's out there i feel more confident in the game when i see him than i see tyon or anything like i mean not every other pitcher but most pitchers out there like i don't feel I don't know. I feel like it's boom or bust. I feel like he's very consistent, I guess. So yeah. he deserves credit. That's all. Definitely deserves credit. And if he's on this rotation has, like I already said, I mean, we were one of the ones that I, you bought, you bought this, right? The Yankee rotation, obvious, no, obvious super buy with Cole, right? That's obviously. Buy oh, no, I, I, I sold the Yankees rotation as a whole. Definitely. So why'd you sell that? You think they're obviously just going to come down to earth? They're not the best rotation. They've been the best starting rotation in baseball pretty much across the board, and it's not close. Yeah, Since that's April twenty second, and you know that's almost a month. So that's a pretty decent sample size considering the season's a month and a half in. Yeah, I mean it's a good sample size, and it is what it is. I just what was what was that? April what? Twenty second. So we've played Cleveland, Baltimore, Detroit, Houston. Washington and Tampa now so I mean not exactly you know but I mean offense has been down as a whole I really I I mean I think the rotation's good and I think they'll be good enough to win games I obviously that's not sustainable though especially I'm interested to see how they do in the second half with all the injuries and everything like that I, I just think you I don't think you can count on that level of production for a whole 162 no, I mean, especially with guys that we'll get into this a little bit later, but, you know, Tyone kind of blows up today. You know, the guys like Montgomery, that's why I was a little bit more excited about Montgomery is because you don't expect him to be having these great starts and having, sorry, the city behind me, the great New York City. You hear this, the fucking sirens and shit outside. I did. But so uh, headed to Supply House. <laughs> you don't expect guys like Montgomery to be, you know, the number two starter, but you expect him to at least carry some weight in this rotation. I'll tell you exactly what I expect from Montgomery. Every time he goes out there, I'm not expecting a guaranteed win. I'm expecting when he leaves the game, it to be the sixth or seventh inning. He's going to get you there and it's going to be a two. He's going to keep you within two or three and he's going to strike out five and walk one. That's kind of been what this season's about for Montgomery. And we talked about that on his roll call before the season started is we haven't really known much about Montgomery. So this has been just a really big, you know, who are you type season. And we're starting to get the vibe of like exactly what you said. I think that's who he is. We haven't seen, you know, the end of last year, he kind of pitched and the year before that he was injured and the year after, before that, I think that was 2017. He showed flashes of 2018. We're like, Oh, this guy might be good. And then he got hurt. So we really haven't seen much out of him. So we don't know that much about him. So maybe that is him. Maybe we are realizing that he is just this guy who can eat innings to a degree. He's not going to be a horse like the guys that, you know, old Kluber and what Cole is now. 
Six innings might be his wheelhouse. And if he has the potential to flash some stuff in the pan like this, one earned run, nine Ks, two hits, that's a great start. I don't expect that every time, but something no. along those lines, a little bit added to that to that stat line, I'm cool with that. And I think Montgomery is a perfect middle relief middle of the rotation guy, especially when you have, you know, Severino coming back. Who knows what the deal is with that? But, you know, He's exactly with a, a, a with a fully healthy rotation. Yeah, with a fully healthy rotation, he is your back end three, four, five. Somewhere he slots somewhere in there, you know, depending on who you have at that time, because injuries and everything like that. But uh, there's a perfect example of it. I think it was his second or third start of the year. He clearly didn't have it. Kind of got roughed up in the first. Gave up like two runs. He's throwing balls. It might have been against the Rays, honestly. He's throwing balls. He's not really locating. None of his shit's biting in the zone. And he still turned in five plus and gave up three runs and keeps you in the game. I'm pretty sure they went on to lose the fucking game because that was the early Yankees when they forgot how to play baseball. But, I mean, if you have a back-end rotation guy that can keep you in the game for, you know, five, six innings and turn it over to the bullpen we have, that's all you can ask for once you get past Cole Kluber and whatever Tyone was supposed to be. But in a perfect world, you know, you have Cole, Kluber, Severino, and then you turn it over to the back-end rotation guys, who all you want is five or six, and then you turn it over to the big bullpen of Green, Britain, Chapman, whoever. So let's talk about the big boy. It was a mouthful. That was the longest hot or not I think we've had. Just in ter- It's supposed to be a lightning round. Just read off a couple stats, quick reaction, quick twitch reaction. There was too much to read. I honestly left a bunch out that I'm going to get into right now because it was, as I was saying it, you know, I wrote this down and I was like, oh, I could probably get this all out. It just felt long. We, that was the first time we've gotten to the end of the hot song. We got to the end of it. I think it's a 10 Uh plus long song. Might have to extend it or put it on a loop next time because I imagine Cole is going to have some more, some more notches on his belt in terms of the stats. He's going to pump his own stats a little bit more. I think I have a good feeling about this guy. So, Let's dive into him a little bit more. Obvious buy. So his ERA, 137. So one thing that I want to bring to everybody's attention, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but kind of not serious, not in a serious sense, and I'm not sure why. And I was one of the people that haven't really brought enough attention to this, and I kind of want to because I feel like he's being – discounted for whatever reason, just because, and yes, I'm talking about the DeGrom versus Cole conversation right now. I think people, you know, when you bring it up and I've commented on posts from the Yankees, I reply to the tweets and stuff like that and say best pitcher in New York as a joke. And if he keeps doing this shit, the conversation becomes something that's actually worth talking about. And to be honest, it may be a, bit premature right now to make that conversation happen but you know that's what bold takes are for and that's what gets the fucking views so let's do it right now (laughs) i'm kidding but i actually think that this should be should be talked about i mean i was looking back and forth at cole versus degrom stats this year and i want to emphasize that i'm talking about this year right now i'm not talking about the prior two the prior two jacob degrom back-to-back cy young winner there's no this is no slap in the face at jacob degrom by any stretch of the imagination, Jacob DeGrom is probably the best pitcher on the planet. I just wanted to put a little bit of respect on Cole's 
name in terms of this conversation because obviously when you bring it up and people bring it up and Mets fans will bring it up and other people will bring it up across baseball and just be like they'll just dismiss it right out right away don't you think so oh yeah no I I feel like it's well and like you said the last two years it has been I say one-sided but it's it's that's not a slight at cold that's just how fucking good DeGrom's been he's been he has uh, like otherworldly he has been the best pitcher that I've the last two years, the run he's been on is like something that I haven't been able to witness in my baseball fandom and actually appreciate, like old enough to appreciate. Like he yeah. has been that fucking good. He has. But my main basis for this take is I think that it's way closer than people think this year. I think this year in the small sample size we've had, and this Garrett Cole is no fucking schmuck. He's, he, he's not just... You know, I, I read some other names aloud before, like Carlos Rodon, John Means. John Means, good pitcher. Carlos Rodon, maybe not as much. He's probably at the bottom of that list right there. But those guys having a great start to the year, they're probably going to tail off, like you said, with the Yankee rotation. They're probably going to come back down to earth a little bit. Garrett Cole is that dude. Like, if you, if I read some other names out there and I said Shane Bieber, like he did with the strikeouts, you expect that. He's a good pitcher. So it's not, this isn't fool's gold by any means. So when you take a deeper dive into the Cole versus DeGrom stats, right now, as it sits right now, Garrett Cole, 137 ERA, Jacob DeGrom, 0.68. Yes, he has a way lower ERA. That's unheard of how low his ERA is. Unheard of as well for Garrett Cole, 137. But one thing I did want to throw in there that kind of brings this whole conversation to light when you look into the little bit of the deeper analytics, not that deep, FIP. Obviously, if you're a baseball fan, you know what FIP is. If you don't know what FIP is, it's fielding independent pitching. Fielding independent pitching is what your ERA would be if you had average fielders behind you. So if you're so Garrett Cole's FIP is 1.1. His ERA was 137, meaning that he has bad fielding behind him, which we've seen. So he doesn't have the luxury of having good fielding. So if your 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 ERA is greater than your FIP, that means you know, you're pitching better than the numbers show for ERA. If your FIP is higher than your ERA, you're getting lucky a little bit because then you have good fielding, they're making good plays, yada, yada, yada. So in the case of this, FIP for Cole is 1.1, Jacob deGrom 1.02. So his FIP is 1.02 compared to 0.68 ERA. It's getting a little lucky. So the 0.68 ERA, I'm getting really, really deep into the numbers here. And I don't want it to be all about that, but that's kind of what you have to do with this conversation. So I'm just saying his 0.680 array, Cole has the exact same fit pretty much as him. So they've been pitching to the same degree if they had the exact same fielders behind them. So with that being said, the next stat I wanted to compare them to, current health. Cole's healthy. Cole's as healthy as ever. DeGrom, not so much. He's going to spend the eight, 10 days on the IL. He's probably coming back after that. But war. Who knows how it's calculated? Who cares? It's what they what they care about to put people in the Hall of Fame. Cole's leading the entire goddamn league in it, and that includes Jacob DeGrom. He's in the league. Whip, basically the same thing, 0.68 versus 0.60. Wins, who cares? Garrett Cole has lettuce. Jacob DeGrom does not. Honestly, a little bit weird looking hair. If you ask me, I liked it better when he had the locks. Maybe he should grow that back out. But, you know, and all the stat cast numbers are basically exactly the same. You could pick one out, and they're all in the 99th percentile. So, I think right now is the closest it's ever been. Like, just by the eye test alone, 
and your Luke confidence meter, if either one of them take the mound, you feel pretty fucking good. I they're at p- both pitching at a level right now that's just you, it, you can't distinguish between the two because both you're expecting to go out there and give up zero or one run. Like <laughs> you can't really debate who's better in this current season just because they're both pitching the it's the respective best in their team league whatever so i mean there's something to be said about like i I mentioned the war leaders cole's at 2.8 this is fan graphs where cole's at 2.8 degrom's at 2.7 so there's something to be said and those are the top two something you said about the two pitchers in new york and it's literally this season 1a 1b i don't care if i'm right i don't care and i don't even think he's better i think that degrom is still better but I think it's way closer this season than people give Cole credit. Cole is a no. damn good pitcher. Cole is I see a what you're saying. It's not pitcher. just it's not a like question just to blow off anymore. Like yeah, you know who's and the that's best what pitcher I've in New York? Like no shit, it's Degrom. Yeah. He just doesn't get run support. Like now you can actually have the conversation. I get yeah. what you're saying. That's all I'm saying. And I know people are gonna when we're gonna make the clip tomorrow. It's gonna say Cole greater than sign Degrom just because why not? because I like to get the fucking people going and people are not even going to watch the clip of me saying this and saying, no, it's just a conversation now versus just dismissing it. And people are going to come and be like, no, what are you talking about? Unfollow. And and then be like, I don't give a fuck about you, whatever. So, so I'm just saying it's a conversation and it's a damn fun conversation to watch. The one thing I do hope and pray that the MLB does is just please God when we play them in I think it's July. Is it July of the schedule down here? I have it right here. Let me look it up. Either way, yeah, it's July third. I'm actually going for it's gonna be a fun weekend. Fourth of July, July third. It was gonna get a suite, but I'm not because it's expensive. Uh, but <laughs> please God, just give us Fourth of July, Cole versus the Crom. Please, I mean please, that's gotta please, be the most. Please. That's got to be the most patriotic thing that Rob Manfred could ever do in his career. You want to make up for your just like years of shitty decisions? Give us Colin DeGrom on. I know that's not technically I feel like his that's call, not but up for to him. I know it's not up to him, but for, if you are, have any sort of integrity in the game, you force that to happen. I think that's on the teams. I think they need oh, to it, realize I mean, it, that it 100% like, is, they but. could so make that happen. And I think that's what you need to give the people. Like if you need to skip a coal star to skip a DeGrom star, just so that they line up perfectly to play on 4th of July, fucking do it because that will be the best thing. I I'm a personally a big pitchers duel guy, the home run ball, whatever. I like football scores when I watch a game sometimes, but when I get a good pitchers duel, especially that pitchers duel, like every time, like in that wild card series, when DeGrom, not DeGrom, when, uh, they didn't make the playoffs when, <laughs> when Bieber was facing Cole, I was like, that sign me up for this. This is what I want to see. And yeah, it was like seven to three, but, but you know, but going into that, that's what I want to see. And I don't yeah. think it'll be seven to three versus for a Cole for a Cole DeGrom game. Jesus Christ. With the way we're hitting right now, we might score negative runs against the ground. Cole will go eight innings, give up zero and we'll still lose. Like, I, dude, I fucking love this dude. I think he's underpaid. I, I made those underpaid. I made those posts and you get the few people that are just like, what are you talking about? He's making three hundred plus million dollars. It's like, dude, I'm I'm literally kidding, but it's 
it's cool, but I think he's yeah. really good at baseball and I enjoy watching him. And I, that, can we dive back into that one stat real quick? The 50s, I, I had two, I literally wrote that in my notes. I wrote them down as wow stats. Just like, I go, wow, when I see those. And 56 strikeouts since his last walk ties the MLB record. It's pretty good. You got to hope he doesn't come out for the next start and just walk somebody. That would suck. Dude, what is he like? Uh, what was it, the guy from Milwaukee, Corbin Burns or whatever, went out with 58 yeah. and he broke that today? I mean, Cole's got to come out there. And I don't care if he gives up three by throwing fastballs down the middle. You throw 99, 100, go break the record, and then then we'll bite the corners again. I know that's a stupid it's pretty thing. Weird, to say, but it's pretty weird. I don't actually record. mean that, but. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I honestly didn't even listen to that. But that's pretty fucking wild. It's wild that he has such good strikeout stuff, and he has that kind of command that he hasn't walked somebody since he struck since he struck out fifty fucking six people. Do you know how many people that is? Yeah, roughly fucking fifty six of them. Yeah, but like the batters he has to face, I think his K percentage is like fifty percent. So that means he's probably faced about like hundred and twenty people. Quick math, but <laughs> hundred twenty people he hasn't walked somebody. That's pretty fucking wild. And then the MLB most games in a season with 12 or more strikeouts, zero runs, zero walks. Three people have done what he's done in a season three times. Garrett Cole has three this year, and years very early on. Pedro did it in 2000. He had three that entire season. And Sandy Koufax had three in 1965, the whole season. Garrett Cole I... in on May 13th. Not Friday the thirteenth has has done that already, and I anticipate him breaking that record too. I, is he almost? So we had that conversation of Degrom versus Cole. They're on opposing leagues. Is he? Like, who's going to take the Cy Young from him? Is it just Bieber and him? Is that just it in the American League? Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I was a I'm better man. To... I mean, I was looking at the Cy Young odds like two or three. It was like a week ago, and he was just the odds on favor, like outrageous Cy Young odds. Like you had Degrom, I think he was like plus one seventy five, which for an award in May is ridiculous. And I think Cole was like plus two twenty five, which is still fucking ridiculous. But I mean, I don't see any way he doesn't even have to pitch this well. I don't see any way that he, if he stays healthy, that he can lose what he has going right now i mean you have john means that's the other closest person and you know dude he's he's on my fantasy team means good or pitcher. Cole? uh means good pitcher i don't think it's even close no I, i'm looking at good change up. that's right now but there's just no nobody else that has a shot at this moment other than bieber i and the thing is we've the whole reason we do this hot or not segment is like can this person sustain it is this just a small sample size type thing? Can he keep this shit going? I mean, if there's one person who can keep this shit going, I mean, th- it's not even a sample size thing at this point. This man's been doing it for years. He's been doing it for multiple years. He's coming Cy the, Young, two, three, four. Look at his fucking baseball reference page. It lights up. It's he's, the first he's time he's ever play. done it at the beginning of the season, though, which I think is even scarier. Because yeah. look back through his career, he's, you know, he's like, I think, fuck i don't know he's like a mid threes like almost upper threes era for the first half of the season then after the all-star break he's like under two 
he's doing that to start. And if he's somebody that only gets better, I obviously, I don't expect him to get better than what he is right now. But even if he maintains that or something close to it for a whole season, obviously he's your slam dunk guaranteed Cy Young winner. Dude, we were taking a deep dive into when he, when he had a slow start to the season last year, we started taking a deep dive into, you know, does he historically have slow starts? And we were looking at it last year and he was just like, yeah, he actually does have slow starts. It tends to be. So now imagine a Garrett Cole who hasn't won a Cy Young in his career yet. Maybe because of these slow starts, they can't factor that in a little bit too much, but now he's coming out guns blazing. He looks like he's mid season form and nobody has a chance. And I don't foresee that ever happening. And the Yankee team that we think is going to be here offensively, and I think will come back, and that's my bold prediction. I think the Yankees will continue to bop, is that I think he'll get run support. I think he'll get wins, whether or not wins count for shit. He'll get that. You know, I don't know that the Indians will have more run support for, for Bieber. I don't know that you know the Orioles will have more run support for him. So I, I think he's the odds-on favorite. I'm going to lock it into my action network, and that is going to get me going. I'm going to make some money. So I hope you guys do too. I like his confidence he has this year. Just the last thing, you know, like not that he's ever lacked confidence. How could you when you're that fucking good? But he kind of, he kind of adopted the Chapman stare down yesterday. Struck out his last I guy. I love that dude. Dude. I love that. Struck out the last guy, like 99 on the black fucking stared him the entire way to the dugout, walked straight in, tipped the cap up, cracked his first smile of the day and threw an entire can of fucking grizzly wintergreen in his cheek. It was just, he was ready to roll. I meant to like, talk about that, honestly. I, mean, I haven't mentioned anything to do with the fucking dong that he packed. And I honestly want to do more. I want to I want, I want to make a shirt that just says, like, I, I just had the caption for that before. We just ended up taking quick pictures of the TV just to post those. And it was like, uh, throw gas, pack heaters. And I'm, I would wear that in a shirt. So. I don't even think you need a caption. I would get one of just... If I could just get one of that cheek, the fucking horseshoe he had in there right there on his face, that's all I need. You you happen. just know. That's my ace. We'll make it happen. Wanna get into the knots? I'd love to. You'd love to, that's not good. Uh I mean, whatever. You know what I mean. If I can get the sound to play. There you go. Uh oh. Sad song. So Clint Frazier, one for his last twelve, not counting tonight, and Clint actually tonight. No hits and a walk. So one for his last thir- 15, quick math. One for his last 15, four for his last 35. Got ejected, don't know what he said. Uh, over the last month, he has the same weighted runs created plus as Tyler Wade at 70, and he's the 99th percentile in chase rate. Oh, yeah, I'm buying that, actually, sadly. Yankee first baseman. Sixth in strikeouts at 56. 24th in weighted runs created plus. 20th in war. 24th in batting average. 24th in RBIs. No, I mean, Luke's back now, so sell that. I didn't have that many, so we'll just end it there. I got a couple honorable mentions that I want to give them a knot because then we have to mark it on the list. And then it's just a whole big thing now that they made it to the knots. It's not somebody where you want to go. But what are you doing? Oh, you're good. I was just the cat was making noise. I was gonna go. 
I was gonna go take his fucking Peel the curtain back a little bit. All right, whatever. So, you you bought Clint being cold. Yeah, I I just I don't know how much more he has. I not even in the tank because I really do think he's a talented baseball player and I think he's got a future in this league. I just think they fucked him over so many times that I think it's finally hit his last straw. I don't know that he'll be an all-star on the Yankees. I I don't think he'll get a chance to be like, he just, I don't know as a platoon outfielder, just whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's that bad, but I think he's his days of being a perennial all-star or something like that. I don't think he's going to see those on the Yankees. I, I just, with Clint, it's just, we've been such a podcast that has supported him for everything. And I, I do think he's still a really good baseball player. I do think that he's going to be amazing eventually. But, I mean, Clint Frazier, I mean, what are you doing, dude? I mean, he just doesn't look, I mean, the 99th percent chase percentage in the league, that means he's literally the worst at looking at, like, he, he chases everything. That's not something that gets better. Like, he... He just lost out there. He looks like just a he looks like a young baseball player. He looks like he's not conditioned. He's not and he like it just he doesn't look good. And I mean some of the you know, the argument too is fielding too, which has looked better. The argument is that some he shouldn't be diving for some of the balls. He doesn't need to be diving for some of the balls. And some of them, you know, I agree. A lot of them, you know, maybe you should dive for them. They're fun to watch. And I'm fun not to gonna, watch. I'm not giving up on him. I just No, not even close, but it's He's just, got so much talent that you you can't give up on him. I just don't know how much longer he has before the Yankees like pull the cord on it completely. Because he got whoa, what? Uh, what do you mean by pull the cord completely? I mean pull the cord is in. They've already pulled it. He's not the everyday starter anymore. He gets decent amount of playing time, you know, day in and day out. But if in a full healthy lineup, whatever perfect world. You, you, Brett Gardner's still taking at bats from him, stuff like that. He's still got to look that, like, look over his shoulder at all times. And I just, I just don't think that. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think they. I don't think the Yankees have confidence in him. No, they don't. Exactly. They that's what. That's what him. I mean. That's what I mean by that. I guess that's the best way to put it. No, the Yankees have no confidence in him. I, honestly, I have him in fantasy, and I drafted him. And we before the season started, he was the. We're talking about roll calls. We had his roll call. I was just, I was amped up about his because I was so amped. Clint's going to be the starter this year. And that held true for the beginning of the season. He was also starting at the beginning of the season. He was named the starter. And then this shit happens again. And, you know, I, usually I fault Boone for doing the thing with the outfielders. And it's like, why do you give this guy false hope? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why It's like not manipulating his service time. But, like, what are you doing with him? Stop sending him down. Stop to give the guy a fucking chance. He's actually good, and now he's getting a chance. He's not really taking advantage of it, and he doesn't really look like the Clint that I hoped there would be at the plate. Fielding, if you asked me last year if, like, if, if you gave me a few highlights of Clint right now, and you asked me last year if, like, are you okay with that, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic about that. Like, the Fielding... We've said before, when he was looking his worst, if you just field adequately, I've said this before, if you field adequately, your bat will play, you'll be an everyday starter, you'll be an all-star in this league. That That is how you'll do it. 
Now he's above average defending. I'm not going to call him elite because he was in the running for a half a quarter season gold glove. But I do think that he can feel this position. He's got a good arm. He's got to tame it. But this, I, I'm not sure I'm going to buy this. I think I'm actually going to sell this because I don't think, dude, his bat just plays. And I think, the, I, just, I think, uh, I think the, the mistakes that he's making are all mental. I think, oh, I agree. But I think it's, him it's his been 99, his problem since he got there. Yeah, ninety nine percent in chase percentage, like that's mental. Just like, you know, it's weird because we say <laughs> yeah. he's chasing everything, chasing. but no, but it's weird because we say you know stop chasing, but we also say swing the fucking bat because that was his issue at the beginning of the season. So it's such a a it's weird just pitch selection in general. He's and you can see it every at bat, and the ones he does decide to swing at, it's like he makes up his mind too late. He's he's late on balls that I've never in his brief career seen him be late on. He's missing like Rich Hill tonight's throwing eighty nine miles an hour and Clint Frazier's late on it and fouling it back. And that's just not it's kind of like what you saw with Gary at the beginning of his decline, and that's not to beat a dead horse, but it's comparable to that, and he's missing pitches in the zone and swinging at pitches out of the zone. And that's obviously when he stays true to his, you know, his approach and everything like that, He's it's something beautiful. I hope he gets back there. I don't think he's going to, you know, spiral down and be a 167 hitter forever, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of what it reminds me of is the first Gary slump that we really saw is that he's missing he's missing fastballs and not overpowering ones. It's not like Chapman's blowing 102 by him. He's missing 92, 93, you know, belt high. Yeah. I'm not overly panicking about Clint, but I, I will say that I am not happy with what we're getting out of him. But moving on to the Yankee first baseman, you what did you do with this one? Oh, I mean, I sold it. That's that's who Obvious. Bruce Voigt and. Well, I have the playing time. That's that's for this position. This is this season, entire season. Yankees first baseman have been basically in the Did bottom. I say Bruce third. and Voigt. I meant Bruce and um. Yeah, Buck and yeah. Ford. Sorry. So the they've been in the bottom half in every offensive category, and basically the way that shook out in terms of playing time was DJ played thirty four games at first base during this pre void era uh if if that's what you want to call it ford <laughs> played 13 games bruce played 10 games r.i.p void played three miggy played did he play first today no he played third so he played three as well so they've been in like 24 to 20 range in just about every category that was with I, DJ, that was with DJ playing thirty four games, at, and the next closest was thirteen, ten, and three, three. So if yeah, you take DJ out of the with, equation, if you take DJ out of the equation, who is not a true first baseman, the production we've been getting out of first base is actually last in the league because now you got Ford, Bruce, three games of two games of Voit, and he went zero for for all of them. Obviously, not worried about that. That's just getting back into the swing of things. But no, he's smoking. You know, when you take DJ out of the equation, there who hasn't been his best self, but he's been certainly better than Ford and Bruce. Not saying much, but Mike Ford is just. I, I'm so tired of seeing him at first base. I just you won't have to anymore. So thank God. I, well, apparently I fucking do. That's a whole another issue. They're itself, working Void that... back. They're working him back. That's just gonna. What you're is not the... gonna have him for much longer. 
It's gonna be here know, and there. I it's gonna just... be here and there. It's gonna be like like whenever we see Wade. It's sparing I mean, times. Mike Ford is the first base equivalent of Tyler Wade. They just can't run. He can't he he can't run. Yeah, he can't too, so. fucking hit. He can't do anything. Just like Ford is so fucking frustrating to watch. Sorry, that's a little mini rant on the side. I just hate watching him fucking pop up to the second baseman right. every fucking at bat. Honorable mention for this. I don't know if I did I mention the honorable mention. You did not. Either way, the point of the last one, just wrap it up because I didn't even answer the question because I got so fucking mad thinking about Mike Ford. I, I sell that. Luke Voigt's back. He was smoking baseballs. I mean, he almost, he missed a home run by six inches, hit the laser to third. Uh, he's fine. He looks not great. worried about first base. Not we, at all. We've been penciling this day, and like once once Voigt's back, the boys are bopping. Voigt is literally the heart and soul of this team. How about the dumbass that hit him in the hand? He's, it's like second at bat back, and you fucking peg him in the wrist. There's Luke a lot Voigt that happened this series that I that that are just moments oh. that pissed me the fuck off or got me fired up. Like that really got me angry because you know you work all the way back. And then that happens. Another thing that really got the juices flowing was when Chapman was facing Brasso. I mm. felt every emotion ever when that happened. That was sad. Ever. I, I mean, I I irrationally, like, I don't like any of the Rays, but I will hate Mike Brasso till the day I die now. You know what I was thinking about today, too, about the Mike Brasso thing? He's batting, like, 170. But do you think... And this is how I thought if I was him. When he comes and plays the Yankees, because he did that, you think he just he he is the alpha in the box no matter how bad. If he was batting .02 this year, which most of the Rays this past month or so have been hitting the worst in the league, and I just feel like we're the reset button for them. Obviously, it didn't hold true for this season because we won the ser- this the series because we won the series, but like when Mike Brasso comes in the ma- in the box. I can't speak today podcast no, you're good. but i uh, felt good about it i honestly wasn't you felt worried. like you were like we won that before it started yeah it, i mean that was a fucking that was so lucky it was a three two like 12 pitch at bat and he he caught a fastball and hit it perfect yeah, that's a you career he, moment for brasso but do you think he has extra confidence in the box when he comes like ch- that chapman moment you think he's feeling himself right before that? Like, oh, I remember what I did. He he probably is for the first pitch, and then Chapman paints 102 moving on the black, and he's like, all right, well, maybe maybe I'm not the big swinging dick here. And then he breaks off a splitter slider, and then another fucking fastball his chin, and he's like, all right, never mind. That was I got lucky. Did There's no lucky. way. Speaking of Chapman, you mentioned Chapman. I did a little bit of analysis on the side today. I was bored at work. What so a I numbers said, guy, huh? I guess. I mean, I am an accountant, so I'll, I'll lean into that if I have to. But that wasn't even by the numbers. It was just watching Chapman, and I, I'd noticed him. It just I don't know why I found this out. My friend showed me this, and I was like, oh, this could probably help with X, Y, and Z. I don't know the answers to this. I don't know if this is actually the case. But, you know, it certainly seems like it's helping him. It seems like something's working. I don't know if this is a Matt Blake thing or a him thing. But if you notice the video that I'm referencing, his, the one we posted today, it's just like his hands are much lower than they were before. I don't know what that maybe you're lower to the ground. He's squatting more. So he's maybe he's generating more power. That's why there's the uptick in velocity. I don't know. It might be a little bit of an MLB scout, 
that might be what I should be doing with my life. Not talking to this microphone, just, you know. I, I call him as a CM Chandler. Just what it is. I, yeah, no, that's excellent analysis. I don't know, to be honest with you. And that's a great little, you know. I just thought it was fun. I it, it's not really, it could be nothing whatsoever. It probably is nothing, but, you know, I'm, we're baseball nerds here. We talk about it for fun. and It's worth noting. It's that, worth noting. I thought it's it was interesting. Else. thought it was interesting. So I thought I'd share that with the people today. Uh, shout out to my, my friend Greg, Greg Kassar. He helped me with that one, with a little bit of the the analysis there. He actually yeah, shot good. me a ping on my work email. So, oh wow, great eye, Greg. We didn't really do much. We just talked about Chapman today at work, and it was a great day. Honorable mention as well. You know, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to give him his own thing on hot or not. Stanton went over. Come back. Come he back. Over, he went over the past two days, and then he went. He got a single in the first, but then he had two strikeouts and a flyout to right field, center field, excuse me. I saw he was two for 12 with like seven Ks since his hitting streak. He's coming a little bit down to earth, and you can notice you did see him in the game today. You see how like a little bit. I don't know if you were asleep for this because you said you were asleep for half the game, but good good game to snooze, to be honest. But when he – I think he flew out to no. He definitely struck out. It was it was no, the, the one to center field where he threw the bat behind him. He that may have been that one too, but I think the strikeout in the fifth, he went like this and like almost. I thought he was going to snap the bat over his head. Yeah, you can tell he was a little frustrated because he couldn't physically get out before. It's his own fault. He cut his hair. Everybody like he that did is, cut his hair, didn't that's he? That's baseball one hundred and one. If you're on a hot streak, you don't, don't change fucking, anything. Don't you don't change shave your clothes. Your head. Don't shower. Don't do anything. No, if you're on a streak like that, you literally wear the same pair of socks. I don't care what you do. I don't care that you play for the Yankees and you got five-star dry cleaners that are running your shit every day. I don't care. I'm taking that uniform home. I'm sleeping in it. I'm showing up to the field. I'm not washing it. You don't go get a fucking haircut. That's on him. He'll come back and he'll get into another streak. But this is a teaching moment for John Carlos Stanton. When When you get into a stretch like that, and you got the fucking fro going, and you you leave it. You leave that afro. You I don't care if it's poking shit. out of the top of your helmet. You do not cut your hair when you're hitting 500 in a major league stretch of games. I'm not. The reason why I didn't put him in knot is I'm not worried about him. This is this no is small sample size. Murph likes to say, "R.I.P. Murph." Don't know where he is. He's in the woods somewhere. But you know, he's gonna he's gonna hit a home run and then this is what he does he gets he just always gets super hot and then super not he's gonna be a frequent uh, flyer on this in this in this little segment we do here but you know it's just and then it averages out it's he, he'll go 10 for 10 and then he'll go 0 for 10 and then he'll end up being 500 like the, the, you know what i mean it'll average out completely because he gets so hot and so not so add to us one guy who side, well side note real quick just because I kind of lump them together. Is it time to finally realize that Judge is a streaky hitter? Like he's not, he's kind of similar to Stanton. He just had, he came off like a, what was it? Like one for 24 with like 14 strikeout stretch. And now he's kind of piling on hits and stuff like that. I feel like it's starting to become a pattern that Judge isn't this consistent, you know, just God that we put him at. He's a pretty streaky guy. I mean, Stanton is the streakiest hitter I've ever seen, I think. 
Yeah, but I think it's start. It's time to put Judge in that designation. I agree. He he's I streaky. So he he is streaky. It's time to admit that. You know, this is the first time we've seen him healthy this far into the season, and fucking who knows when. But I think it's time to admit he's a streaky hitter, and that's not a knock on him. I'm not like, oh, this guy never deserves a contract. Yeah, I'm just saying, just an observation. Do with it what you may. No, I like the observation, and honestly, uh, we've made the conversation before observation can't speak again because whenever you know Stanton's hot judge isn't so they're inverse they have an inverse relationship between the two and it's just it i mean that's obvious they're both they're both streaky it's just the way it's been yeah you tweeted something out the other night i'm pretty sure it was like have judge and Stanton ever hit back-to-back home runs that was like their thing they were supposed to be the like bash bros never have and i actually i didn't say i know we had a bunch of people in the comments that were like yeah, they have you, fucking idiots. No, like, they were not- they were answering the question to the point where it was like, has they have they hit home runs in the same game? And that's not what I asked because they haven't frequently ever batted next to each other, which is what we anticipated it to be like when we got sent in that that fine evening back in the day in like twenty seventeen, the end yeah. of twenty seventeen. But yeah, I, I just anticipated a lot more of that, and I was like, wow, huh? It's never happened yeah. before. Really expected that to happen. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like the I don't know if you're happens, my, I know if you're a Mighty Ducks guy or not. I was a big Mighty Ducks guy growing up. I, I like thought it was gonna be Ducks. like the fucking Bash Bros there, where they're just slamming shit over the fence. Obviously, hockey different sport, but you know what I mean. They're just gonna be wreaking havoc. The best two guys in the league, and weird, <laughs> just way off on that. Regardless of what they do, they're definitely not clicking at the same time, just mashing home runs back to back. Never are. You know who wasn't clicking? Who's that? How about this segue? Jameson Tyone. So we talked about it a little bit before. And I just want to give a little update on the status on the Chandler radar. How confident are you in Jameson Tyone? Because I feel like, you know, just from a, a fan perspective, I don't know what it feels like to be in the box against an MLB pitcher. He doesn't seem like he's that hard to hit. His <laughs> stuff seems his stuff seems very average. He still struck out nine people in five innings. Today. I know he did, and I'm not saying he's bad. His stuff his stuff seems fine to me. To me, he looks exactly like what he is. He's a guy who hasn't played in two years. Like I, I don't think he's going to be a five four ERA guy the whole year. You know, I don't think he's going to be amazing. I don't think he's going to be a one or two guy. Not yet. But I think he has the potential to get there. But I th- I see a lot of positive things from him. He's not a guy where he's out there pitching to this. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, get this guy off the fucking mound. You know, it, it's it, every start looks like he's close. You know, like the first inning, if we could give them give the guy some fucking effort. He's got cancer and two Tommy Johns and you can't die for a fucking baseball. And then the ending unravels, he gives up two, and you know, that kind of mounts on and on and on. He ends up giving up four or five, but I mean, obviously you don't know if he makes the play. He doesn't make the play, whatever. I just feel like it's one thing each start. And that was the one in this one that kind of, you know, sets it over the top. I really and truly do think he'll be a critical piece to this rotation I just think he's he's missing one step and I don't I think that comes with time. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean I, I mean with him I didn't really have many expectations going into the season anyway. We got this guy and 
you know, Garrett Cole put kind of put his nuts out on the line for him. Like, this guy's a competitor. This guy's this, which I'm not saying he's not. And he, he may very well be. I just don't see... Like, we haven't seen that flash yet. And maybe maybe this is unfair to judge him because we lump him in the same category as Kluber because they both haven't pitched in a year and Kluber is pitching exceptionally and he's way ahead of schedule in terms of his road back to being the pitcher he was and Tyone is lagging behind a little bit in terms of that immediate... Like, we're seeing the race and we're seeing both of their years unfold at the same time on the same team. So they're very easily compared to each other. So maybe that's a little bit unfair to say that Tyone's doing bad by any means. I think it is because of that, though. I am thinking my first reaction today when he started giving up four runs in the first couple innings, I was like, hmm. And I saw people on Twitter be like, hmm, maybe when, when do we just expect or when do we just come to terms with the fact that Tyone's just not a good pitcher? I and, just, I, and I think that I think this is I just in the moment realize that the, that's kind of what it is. It's just he's unfairly judged in this moment to Corey Kluber because Corey Kluber is in the same boat he was and he's just excelling and he just found it. He just nobody just does what Kluber's doing. It's kind of honestly wild. It's more credit to Kluber to the fact that he's able to just come back and just deal. And he's being exactly. that guy again. And hopefully he continues this, but it's more power to him. And I, I've talked myself into, I opened this little topic about, is it time to kind of like not give up on Tyone, but like the anticipation for him to be not a great pitcher. Like he may not be the guy that we thought he was. Don't know if there's many expectations, but I've talked myself around this and I'll give him another chance is basically what I've come to. Yeah, no, I kind of like exactly what you're saying. He's being unfairly judged neck and neck to Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber is a seasoned veteran that, you know, he's been here for fucking years. He's won two Cy Youngs. Tyone had two seasons where he didn't have a major injury or illness. Like, it's totally unfair to expect him to come out. He's doing exactly what we wanted in all of our preseason roll calls and stuff like that. He shows flashes of really sharp pitches. It's just a matter of putting it together for a full start, which he, on top of that, you know, just kind of to build onto it, he had to redo his entire pitching motion. His, all of his mechanics he rebuilt in the offseason. He made them shorter. That was like a huge topic of discussion. You know, he shortened his windup. He did all this. He did this. He did that. Whatever. He rebuilt himself. You don't just come out there on the biggest stage and do it. It takes a second. Is that your cat again? It is. He found a, pl- a paper bag and he's running in it. Shout out to, what's his name? Oliver. Shout out to Oliver for ruining our podcast. I know. What a piece of shit. People that made it this far are, are the real ones. They're not going to shut it off because of Oliver. A paper bag. Being yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. So he's gripe, fine now. He's he's just laying in the bag, but he, alert. he tried to attack it. Great alert. It, go ahead. So I, I need to I need to get from by next episode. I promise everybody I'll have a sound bite queued up for grip alert. But for the moment, I'll just All keep it. All guys at 161st. That's Michael K's voice. I meant to push a different button, but you know. <laughs> gripe alert! Gripe alert! Gripe alert! I might record my own voice and just put gripe alert 
and just put some music behind it. But I have a gripe, Chandler. The please share. I'm a little bit upset, and I know Gary supporters are going to be triggered by this. I'm a little bit up, like just Gary hitting useless home runs. Just the one home run he'll hit. He has a 50% K percentage in the last ever. I think it's the whole season, to be honest. But it may be the last two weeks. But it's probably the whole season, too. Just, like, him hitting, like, the, just the useless home runs. So that, like, we're at a point right now that Higgy, I think we're all okay with him being the starting catcher. I think he's he's just a fucking unbelievable defender. He is just... Amazing at defense. I don't even know if he's unbelievable. To, in all fairness, like he might be. I'm just saying, Gary's catching is so bad that all you have to do is be mediocre. I watched Gary Sanchez frame a pitch day. I text you right after it. It was a strike. It was like a 94 mile an hour fastball right down the middle, and he framed it out of the strike zone. Thank God they still called it a strike, but he stabbed at it. That it hit his glove. It wasn't like Tyone missed his spot. It hit him in the fucking hand. He didn't have to move. He stabbed at it and pulled it out of the strike zone. And it was just like, what are you doing? This is like little league level yeah. stuff. And and pitchers don't have to the pitcher I mean, not pitchers. Catchers are basically pitchers in the box at this point. If you look at all of the the catchers in the league, none of them can really hit. So it's not bad company and, and the production we've been getting out of the offense. It, from the catcher position is like sixth in the league. It's not bad offensively, and I'm not worried about that. I'm just talking about if if we're going to get that type of production and we're not expecting much production out of the offense, and I've said this for a long time, so if you've been listening for a while, this is a broken record, I'd rather at least just have some defense there. And if you were to guess uh, who are the highest defensive war people on the Yankees this season, who would it be? Hmm. <laughs> Well, I know the answer, but it it wouldn't be who the actual person is. I would have guessed like DJ, Judge, you know, stuff like Geo, not fucking Glaber, but I so all right, spoiler alert, you know the answer, but Glaber Torres is at three point two. He's that is unbelievable. he's tied with Trey Turner, who is a who is a defender. And I, I don't know. This is just a testament to like how his war calculated because I what I'm seeing does not translate to the best, like, almost the best war. He's the twelfth in the MLB. He's tied with Byron Buxton in defensive war. <laughs> Byron Buxton is look it up in the dictionary. A defender, like he does that. That's his thing, and he that just figured out the, the offense now. That was the thing that kept him in the major leagues. He was like the number one prospect and they kept bringing him up like probably prematurely. And it was like, yeah, whatever Buxton's back comes around. Cause he's a plus 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 defender. And now you're talking about Torres and fucking Byron Buxton, the same category defensively with Buxton this year. Defensively. Exactly. That's it's just, just like, no, I, I don't agree with that. No, that's abs- absolutely asinine. That's not. Just like how is war calculated? Use your eye test. Like you don't, I don't. Numbers be damned. Whatever you want. Byron Buxton's not fumbling a routine ground no. ball every other game. He's making the routine ones, and then he's making the flashy ones too. And Glaber's fumbling routine ones, and occasionally yeah. making a flashy one. So yeah, I, there was. A, it was so funny. They were sitting there praising him about his war. It was like almost as if on cue. It was the next inning. There was like a little bloop dribbler to him at short. It was like a one hopper. 22 exit velo hit the dirt right from me stared at it hit him right in the chest 
I was like, okay, there you go. There's, you know do? there's your best shortstop in baseball. I have a little homework assignment for myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna what figure, are you gonna do? I'm gonna figure out how war is calculated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. Good fucking luck. I'm gonna do it. It goes, it goes all the way down to like this stadium. I'm gonna do it though. I'm gonna literally calculate war. I'm gonna figure it out. That's that's my homework assignment because I don't get it. I don't understand how it's. There's no way that Glaber Torres in 33 games played is tied with Trey Turner for the shortstop lead in 12th MLB. 12th in the MLB. Do you know how many MLB players there are? He's 12th in the MLB. There's a lot with War. So my the main we got a little bit off topic, but the main point of me asking you that question wasn't about Glaber. It was about somebody else. So Kyle Yashioka has a three WAR with limited time being played. He's in and out of the lineup, and he has a three WAR. So that puts him just about you know give or take 15th MLB in defensive WAR, and that's in 18 games versus 33 for Glaber, and just about everybody played about 33. If you're a regular starter, and he is not, and he has three war, so just that's my gripe for Gary because he's he's just we know what we get out of Higgy. Higgy is 99th in pitch framing. He's literally the best pitch framer in the MLB. He's got a 3.0 defensive war in limited time playing. He's like 15th in MLB in defensive war. He's a damn good defender. He's probably one of the better defenders at the catcher position behind probably JT Muto. Real Muto, tough for name to say. He's going to do the damn thing at defense, and Gary's just doing enough to keep He's this... not even doing No, no, enough. no, 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 no. He's doing enough to keep this annoying conversation going. He's not it doing... Is. He's not doing... Like, if he didn't hit that home run, the past two home runs he's hit in, like, whatever, the last two weeks, this conversation is over, done with, then Higgy is, is the catcher, I think, at this point. But he hits two home runs, and he strike out, strikes out half the time... And this annoying conversation continues to happen, and I'm not going to be a part of it. So I'm now I just sh- I'm now shunning this conversation on this podcast from here out. I just want to say one more thing, and then I'm shunning it, like too. Like I don't get the Yankees loyalty to him. Like Kyle Higashioka is a favorite. Like Cole, your best player on your team, loves the other guy. Gives a shit about the rules. Market zero. I give a shit about the rules, and the rules are we're done with this. Okay, there you go. He sucks. Fuck. He's terrible. He's he terrible. He's a terrible baseball player. I, I, and I'll never understand the blind faith for him since for, for one season of just hitting a, a bunch of home runs and being the player that he is now. So I'm not, I'm not going to get too deep into that right now because I'm not just not going to. One thing that I also, while I was on the topic of, of defensive war, and I've kind of noticed it a little bit, is the whole thing about... Judge just pulling up on balls like he's been pulling up on balls like he was before, and his defensive war is negative three point three. It's just like it's not good. Can you show some fucking effort? Like you, I know you're a good defender. Just do it. Just do. The there's damn, a difference the between thing. being bad at defense and not trying. Yeah. Like I know. And there's a difference. Chat. There's a difference between playing conservative and not trying. Like, he's playing overly conservative, I think. He's so scared to get hurt that he won't catch routine balls. Even his diving play, I put asterisks by it or air quotes today. He, like, fucking he like half-ass he jogged. to the ground. It wasn't a dive. Yeah, it was like the giant fucking pillar seven-foot statue falling down. And 
thank God he caught it because there's nobody behind him. And I'm pretty sure that that took him out for a week. So, so in other news, Luis Severino threw a bullpen today. Oh, yeah. No, he threw against live hitters. That's what he did. He threw against live hitters. And he had 96. I don't know how he did. He had 96 and apparently he did well. I didn't say whatever I saw, he he did great. Uh, he apparently he did well and he hit 96 and he did really well. So 96 is not bad for your first time after Tommy John against live hitters. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll take a few more ticks. I still wouldn't mind seeing the 100 mile an hour Sevy, but so know. we had a we had a few I mean 96 right now is unbelievable. He's not he's he's going to get back and Oh, I know. I, I'm great, being an a asshole. very good I'm, sign. You are being absolutely an love it. So one uh, one DM that we got about the Sevy conversation was young underscore EBT underscore LMAOO. <laughs> what a name. But he said, who's the odd man out when Sevy comes back, and what are your predictions for him this, for him this season? Mm. Mm. I don't think there's an odd man out, honestly. I think what they'll end up doing is just going with an extra arm. I, 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 that's kind of a cop-out answer. If I had to pick one person, though, right now, it would be Tyone. But I don't know. I feel like they're going to find a way to get everybody innings just because of all the injury history with everyone. And by the time he comes back, you're going to hit that late summer fatigue. I feel like that's the most realistic option. But if I had to throw somebody under the bus, as of today, May 13th, it would be Tyone. I don't think Tyone gets the boot. I don't either, but who else are you going to pick? I mean, you got Domingo, but he's been great. I would take Tyone over Domingo. He you said, don't say it with he confidence. Said not very convincingly, but he's just like not. I don't know. For don't, what reason? I, neither of them do it for me, and I, truth be told, I just don't like Domingo. So no, just, he's not. He's not a good person. He's not a but, good guy. Just. I, you know, that's the thing that I, I forgot to mention about the Tyone thing is that people were giving him shit and uh, other people that I, I know in person just people are giving him shit. And like, at what point do we just like, do we say that Tyone's not good? And I just, I, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Tyone to me, he just seems like a great guy and you just want to pull for him. So I don't want to be mean to him, you know. Like I, I, we are the Gordon Ramsay of Yankee podcast. We don't give I a fuck be mean about to anybody. anybody. I don't give a fuck because they're probably not coming on this podcast anyway. So why not? I don't give a shit if we burn the bridge. So, so Tyler Wade is a perfect example of that. He doesn't like us anymore, but we were the Tyler Wade fan club to begin with. So it is what it is. No hard feelings, Tyler. But you know, he seems like a good guy, and I don't want to be mean to him. So I'm not going to, and I don't think I should be. But he just seems like a good dude, so you run, you want to pull for the guy. So that's probably what's what's like performance aside. I would take him over Domingo, no doubt about it, because Domingo is just a shitty person. But I don't know. That's just I me. don't know. I d- I mean, me. yeah, he seems like a good guy, but like I really do think that he he can still be a good pitcher in this league. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He he showed me play. He struck out nine people in five innings today. I mean, that's pretty good. He has good. sharp, he has sharp pitches. He just he's learning to pitch again. He that's hasn't thrown they, in. That's why they got him here. He's a spin rate guy. He's like, exactly. Yeah. It's been two years. It's he's thrown what five starts. 
Yeah, no shit he's not a Cy Young candidate right now. I don't expect him. He's exactly what we expected him and Kluber to be. Kluber is just fucking a freak of nature and somehow light years ahead of his track. Yeah, I, like just to reiterate again, I think it speaks more to Kluber, less to more to how great Kluber has been, less to how how mediocre Tyone's been. This is what we expected. He is exactly what we expected. If you compare them to the uh, one to the other, you're going to be disappointed in Tyone. Before the season started, this is all we asked for from him was be a back end rotation guy and work your way towards being a good pitcher in this league again. Yeah, and that's what he's doing. All right. I think that'll do it for me. A lot of you wanted to talk DMs about uh, potential trades. We already talked about that a little bit. And yeah. We it's, want... too, too, it's too soon to tell on a lot of them. We do, we, the only reason we brought that up last week was because we wanted to talk about the Scherzer thing because we just saw him and we think it'd be a perfect fit. Do we think the Yankees are going to get him? Maybe not. I think it's I think it's the glaring let's go win the World Series move. And if you do that, it's like a we're here type thing. Do I think they're going to do that? No. Do I hope they do it? Yes. Do I hope they trade for Trevor Story? Absolutely. Why would you not? Do I think they're going to do it? No. Do I think Hal has the balls to do something like that? Absolutely not. I think he's going to make another move similar to a Tyone type trade. We're going to get Matt Harvey and fucking like Freddie Alvis. But I, do, I don't want it to be like that, though. Like, why can't you? Just I don't either, that? but yeah. that's, I don't that's like where that we are. I don't like that that's where we are right now. And I agree. I think that's that's what's going to happen. So that That's answers- what's going to happen at the deadline. We're going to trade, like, Florial and some minor league, like, 32-year-old pitcher who's in high A for Freddie Gallus and Matt Harvey. So, no, I don't think Scherzer's going to happen. I don't think Story's going to happen. I don't think Seager's going to happen. Would it be awesome? Absolutely, and it's fun to dream about it. We talk about the Yankees. That's when you talk about the Yankees for a couple hours a week for other people to hear. Eventually, you're gonna have to bring up some long shots. You know, it's that's just the nature of the beast. No, it's not gonna happen, but it's fun to talk about. So, it is fun to talk about. It's fun to dream. I think there's gonna be another Wandy, Peralta, Wandy Peralta type. Look, deal. he's been good. Honestly, he hasn't given up a run in three innings or so. So that's yeah. pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's going to stay true, but you know what? Good for him. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> the, I don't... the whole tone just got so sad talking Presented about that. Presented by Action Network. Download the app. Gamble. Gamble with us responsibly. If you made it this far, we love you and we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five star rating review. On iTunes, uh, subscribe to the YouTube at the Bronx Pinstripes YouTube. That's where we do the live streams. Do it on Twitter as well, which is probably where we got gotcha. But, uh, yeah, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really makes us happy because that's what uh, helps the algorithm. So helps us get this voice <laughs> and that voice to more people. So helps us make more of these shows and gives us gives us the juice. And, honestly, I'm going to read some of the the reviews that we've got on iTunes because some of them were fan-fucking-tastic, and I want to give a shout-out to those people. So shout-out to, let's scroll down. Whoever just said that these guys get it, I don't know his name off the top we of my put head. That, we put that in the in the last episode, or I put it in the story, and the guy, I forget who it was, honestly, but he, he responded and he said, that was mine, and I was like, you're the fucking man, dude. Yeah, we do get it. He just said, uh... <laughs> 
Because when when they put the name, just going forward, if you're gonna write us a review on iTunes, put it put your actual name so we can shout you out on the next show. Because this guy who said these guys just get it, he titled it right on, gave us five stars, and his name was Days S N D. I don't know what you're doing, but we do get it, and you get it, and that's that. Garrett K twelve said, uh, if you're listening to, if you're a true Yankee fan. Uh, you have to start listening. Was never a big podcast guy until I started listening. Instantly got hooked. Great segments every episode. Uh, I would like to argue that these are the best Yankee podcasts out there. Just, just love you guys. A lot we of actually other... talked about that in person. That was one of our topics of discussion. Why I spent my week in New York was what? about that one. The the that? guy who's not a podcast guy but loves the segments because I know uh, somebody here's a big segments guy. So it's a little bit fun. Well, I like segments. Segments are. They make the world go round. Organized fun. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep them going. I like them. I so just get used to them. No, that was that was a compliment. Rounding third on Friday. Action Network on Friday. Download the Action Network app. Do it. Follow me. You'll lose money. One sixty one, Luke. 